Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Now, my next guest set out to write a book called Emotional Intelligence. And as he did his research, he began to realise how very little we understand our emotions. Then he went through his own personal tragedy while trying to write the book. He soon realised that he actually had to change the title to Emotional Ignorance. He is neuroscientist Dean Burnett and he joins me now to have the chat. Dean, you're very welcome to the show. Good morning. Good morning to you. Thank you for having me. Can we start by just talking about your motivation to write the book and how losing your dad just suddenly changed everything? Yeah, well, like you say, it was originally meant to be called Emotional Intelligence, tell people all about the the fun and interest in science of emotion, which is well established and very well known, I, I thought, mm. um, came from writing a previous book, The Happy Brain, about what things make us happy and why and stuff. And one of the common reactions I got was, why do you write about happiness? Why not a different emotion? Which is obviously a bit of a backhanded compliment, like, you know, why did you write this book? Why not a different book? Oh, thank, thank you for that. I really appreciate it. But um, it clearly it clearly wasn't interested in emotion. So I said I could write a book about all the emotions. Publishers agreed. We all shook hands. It mm-hmm. was going to be fine. And then I sort of sat down to write the basics and realized I, I don't know the basics. I looked into it more. Oh, nobody does. Oh, that's unhelpful. Um, mm-hmm. So I just sort of start again several times. And I thought I was going to have to just give up because I thought, well, this isn't, this isn't possible. I can't write a sensible, easy breezy book about emotions because you know, there's far more complex and uncertain than I ever realized. And then, um, you know, then the pandemic hit and uh, one of the first, earliest victims was my own father. And I had to endure with that uh, in complete isolation during lockdown mm. and all I had was a head full of roiling emotions and an agreement to write a book about emotions so I thought well l- l- lacking anything else to do I'll combine the two I'll study my own emotions why is this happening to me why am I feeling like this what's the point of this you know debilitating level of sadness and grief and loss yeah. and all the confusion around it and um yeah so it became a far more personal journey and far more illuminating for it I feel so let's talk about the basics a little bit. What was thought to be the basic set of emotions? Yeah, for a very long time, still is believed to be in, in a lot of quarters, that um, there were sort of six or seven primary emotions. Mm. It really depends on who you ask about it. There's a lot of debate about that as well. But we're talking you know, the classics, your anger, fear, sadness, happiness, surprise, disgust, and... Um, uh, What's that one? <laughs> There's another one in there somewhere. But um, yeah, so these are ones like oh, every emotion is believed to be um, some sort of variation on these or a combination of these cl- classic set. Um, but even then, some people sort of you know d- debate that, you know, it does surprise count as an emotion. It's mm. not really, you know, it doesn't last more than a few seconds. And it's not really, you can't be surprised for, you know, hours on end or have a you kind of surprising experience, but it's not really anything you feel about it. It's just the reaction. So there's debate there. But um as time's gone on, like the the original re- research which led to this conclusion has been sort of picked apart further and further. And now it's a lot more uncertain than it once was. Yeah. Why do some experts argue that basic emotions that you, you've listed off a few there don't even exist? And why is facial expression a, a big part of that scrap? Well, the original sort of research which, uh, quote unquote, confirmed that there are primary emotions was based on facial expressions, people from all different cultures being able to recognise the same facial expressions yeah. to mean disgust, to mean anger, to mean surprise, to mean fear. And therefore, well, these obviously must be ingrained. No one learns them. They're just there. You know, they're just there in the head. Like, you know, we don't learn them. Anyway, anymore we learn to have five fingers on each hand. It's just part of us. 
Um, but you know, then uh, people sort of replicate these uh, these discoveries and realize that people can do it when people are doing very exaggerated facial expressions to go, oh, you no, know, to, to indicate surprise sure. or huge laughy faces. But when you do it candidly, you know, catch people off guard or catch them like in doing something else, people's ability to recognize emotions just falls to the floor. It's like the performance is much much worse and. Now there's a growing school of thought which is that emotions are sort of created in the moment. You know, like then something happens and our brain goes, okay, all this happening, oh, this needs surprise, this needs fear, this needs uh, you know anger. And it's on the hoof, essentially. Like, you know, but it sounds odd, but that's how we sort of create our vision and perception and memories all rebuilt like in real time. So it would be consistent with how our brain does a lot of other things too. So, yeah. Is sort of created in the moment, a constructivist approach. Um, what did you come to realise or understand about your emotions when you were going through your grief? Um, a lot of things, really. I mean, I think the, the sort of mainstream idea of grief is very overly simplified. I think people are realising that, especially since, obviously, the pandemic and mm. some people have gone through it. But um, this idea that it's just, you no. Know, constant sadness or just you know, emotional exhaustion you just can't do anything it's a lot more complex than that it's a lot more variable too because you know having a long sustained emotional state which doesn't change is usually a sign of a mental disorder like that's one of the main criteria for depression yeah. it's not that much your mood's low it, it doesn't change ever so the, the mood you're in does change a lot in a sort of typical healthy-ish brain and you know there were times when I felt just deep sadness then sort of anger at the injustice of it all and situation then sometimes just flat you no know, no real emotional response if my brain had just sort of gone i'm i'm done for the day you know i know it's two in the afternoon but i don't, don't have any feelings left to produce and sometimes i would just be happy like i slept with my kids and taking them to take their mind off things and mm. have a nice time and then then i felt good then i felt bad about feeling good because you know, i was feeling good like within a month after my father passed away and that felt like disrespectful and mm-hmm. yeah it's a far more complex chaotic process than most people seem to realise, uh, which is uh, probably worth flagging up to most people. We live in a world of social media these days. Uh, why is it seemingly, you know, so exciting for our brains to communicate that way? A lot of reasons. Like social media ticks a lot of boxes in your basic human brain. One thing it does, it offers a great deal of control and autonomy. So, like, whereas you talk to someone face to face, it's you know, it's a more enriching experience, but it's a lot of risk involved like are you going to say the wrong thing are you going to look the wrong way like is it you know is there something stuck in your teeth there's a lot of there's a lot to lose in a face-to-face conversation whereas when you're on social media you have complete control over how you come across you know you can pick the best selfie out of 50 you can reword your tweet or post or message a hundred times before you send it and as well as that it um it provides quantification like the human brain loves being acknowledged and loves connecting with people we're such a social species but when you do it in social media, you get like 400 likes on something. It's, oh, good, that's 400 people who like what I've done. That's a far more rewarding experience than just sort of saying something and a lot of people laugh and then you don't you don't know what they really feel. You think there's always a bit of ambiguity. Social media gives more control and a lot more certainty about your interactions. And mm-hmm. that can be a lot more, um, you know, the brain really likes that. Yeah, really, my yeah, brain loves yeah. it. Absolutely <laughs> loves it. Um, you In the book, you talk about parasocial relations. Can you explain that? Yeah, parasocial relations like more common than ever now. Um, it's when you are like a, a big fan of someone, you are very emotionally invested in another person, and they don't know you exist. Uh, I know it's it's not a new thing, and people have been loving celebrities and yeah. icons, or even you know like uh, major athletes back in you know, ancient Greek times. These were 
heroes, people who, like really, really admired them and wanted to be like them and everything. And they put a lot of emotional investment in them, but it was an entirely one way thing. And it sounds weird, but when you think about it, like you know, your actual relationships you have, uh, with people you know, a lot of that is largely based on the representation of them in your head. You know, you remember all the things about your best friend and all the things they like and don't like and all the things they've done. And, and that makes you like them. You know, that, that, that's a representation is what you're emotionally invested in. And now we have a, you know, we have a world where we can learn all that information about a complete stranger because uh, you know, they put themselves out there or they're a famous person. And you can still create that construct of someone else in your head and become emotionally invested in it without ever meeting them, without yeah. them meeting you. Like they don't, it doesn't have to be a two-way thing. So we just take, basically take advantage of the brain's desire to be friends with people and to emotionally invest in others. And you know, that's the sort of basis of fame, really. Can we control our emotions? To an extent, uh, we can sort of control how we respond to them more than control them. And usually, because they're sort of older, more fundamental than conscious thinking and self-restraint, they're a lot faster. They're a simpler process. They take less time to occur. So you know, emotions have happened, and then how you, you know, how you deal with that, how you, how you let that affect your behaviour, is the thing which is within your control. It sort of helps to think of like emotions, like a big dog you've got in a lead. You don't get to decide what the dog does and thinks and when it moves, but you can sort of restrain it or control it, except for sometimes when the dog's too big, too strong, and just gets away from you, and then you've got to chase it and get it back on the lead, and sure. uh, you know, it, can, it can cause carnage in the, in the meantime. Mm. So this metaphor does have a lot of uses in that respect. Okay. And after all, all of that, one last question, Dean. What is your own view on why we experience emotion? Well, emotions are a lot more important than I think people realise. It's this sort of sci-fi trope where they are, you know, once we get rid of them, we'll be superior, we'll be logical, rational, we'll be super intelligent. And that isn't how we work. They're a far more vital part of our thinking and our processes, like the, the bedrock of our minds. They're like the originators of thought, like, that we have emotions like we have pointy teeth and hair and stuff. Like they're, they're a part of us. And to get rid of them would be really unhelpful like they do a lot of work in deciding what is and isn't important and they can be illogical but they're still essential much like you know, all other parts of our brain and body I have a sister and mm -hmm. we often refer to her as the emotional one <laughs> in <laughs> nice. quite a negative way would you see that as a positive thing it's I, it can be negative definitely if someone like, lets their emotions run riot and yeah. doesn't actually ever do anything to embrace them and say, well, I'm just passionate. That's not really an excuse. That's mm -hmm. just uh, that's just saying, well, I don't want to restrain myself, so I'm not going to. And that's, well, thank you. That's rather an unsociable attitude. But um, the idea that emotions are default bad is an unhelpful one as well. Like, so I would say that saying someone's emotional and therefore it's a bad thing isn't necessarily the, the best way forward, but it can be. It's uh, just taking as you know, a blanket statement is perhaps unhelpful, but sure. there are certainly times when let your emotions uh, have free reign is, isn't the best approach. Okay, okay. And just back to the book, it's called Emotional Ignorance. Um, what will people get out of reading this book? Well, man, all the things I hope. You know, it's sort of some very deep insights into the very nature of what it is to be human. And uh, a lot of, uh, you know, it's been reviewed as very funny, which is a strange thing to say about a book about, <laughs> you know, it was my father, but I think he would have appreciated that. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a great deal in there. Like you'd be amazed how how much emotion affects every part of our lives and our existence. It's a, it's a very broad church of things to to, to consider. 
you had me at uh, the nature of what it is to be human. So that, that's, a, that's a good line to, to sell it. Uh, I'll take it. Thank you so much for the chats and, and uh, I wish you the very best of luck with the book. That is Dr. Dean Burnett. I just want to thank him again for joining me today. Dean's new book, Emotional Ignorance, is out now. Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leiahealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.